Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Property in focus this morning with my guest, Eugene Lim, Key Executive Officer at ERA Realty. So I was reading with interest a Bloomberg article that talked about a car dealer in Singapore who was very surprised when he received a Facebook message, uh, you know, ordering a Bentley. It costs some 1.1 million Sing dollars and it came sight unseen. This, you know, offered to buy a Bentley. million. Uh, It's just one sign of a wider trend of the ultra-rich choosing Singapore as the place to be as COVID hammers Southeast Asia and political turmoil threatens Hong Kong. So I wanted to find out what the arrival of the ultra-rich or the wealth effect, what does this mean? for Singapore's real estate prices. Um, also, in just a while, we know that getting your hands on your keys for your dream home is something that a lot of young couples, people who want to start their families, eagerly await. So it's such a disappointment to understand because of the pandemic and supply chain constraints and the impact on construction, of course, that the wait to get your hands on those precious keys is extended, right? You're going to have to wait longer. So what are the options available to families who want to get started with their lives? What are their options available for them? We talk property, we talk money. Eugene Lim, Key Executive Officer at ERA Realty. First up, good morning, Eugene. How are you? Hi, good morning, everyone. And thank you for having me on the show again, Michelle. Always a joy to speak with you. So I understand that uh, according to Knight Frank, private home prices in the prime districts actually dipped last year 0.2%. Um, but we know that the ultra-wealthy are making their way here in Singapore. They're impacting everything from golf prices, prices of you know golf memberships, to the buying of Bentleys, as I started the show with. Uh, what I'm interested in is uh, what does the wealth effect mean for Singapore's property prices right now? Well, um, for the ultra-rich, and we're talking about uh, people who can decide where they want to place their money anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore has become one of the world's most sought-after locations for buying um, investment homes. So, for like for example, due to the global uncertainty, um, these ultra-rich, uh, we call them ultra-rich high net worth individuals, uh, they are known to buy a second home in the city or countries that... Um, best fit their needs uh, in the new normal. So so Singapore's luxury market, luxury residential market is uh, uh, presumably a top draw for, for these top Asian uh, buyers. And, uh, and they compare, they like to buy into Singapore because uh, we, we are safe. And our safe haven reputation has also been further enhanced about how we handle uh, the COVID uh, situation here in Singapore. So things have panned out pretty well and uh, comparatively compared to around the world, uh, we are more attractive. So so uh, normally they would, these, these uh, high net worth people, they will be looking at the upper end of the residential market. And as you have uh, rightly pointed out, 
uh, in the beginning. Uh, prices for these high-end residential, they actually did last year, mm. uh, 0.2%. So comparatively, this makes them cheaper than other uh, gateway cities, which ironically saw an increase in property prices uh, about some 10, 10 to 15% last year. Wait, wait, so, I, I'm a little confused. So people are yeah. coming to Singapore, the ultra-rich are coming, but yeah. last year we saw prices actually go down, but prices yes. in other gateway cities went up. Yes, yes. So so <laughs> that's, that's a, that, that puts us in an advantage in the sense that uh, homes here are comparatively cheaper uh, compared to other cities. And plus, on top of that, our safe, the way we manage the situation is this gives a lot of confidence to these uh, people who are able to so-called decide where they want to put their money. Yeah. So is the luxury sector up or down now? Um, so we're expecting um, demand first has to trend out and we mm. are expecting the demand to increase this year. Um, and when demand increases, uh, so will prices will start to edge upwards. Uh, if we, of course, compare the high-end market with the other two sectors, the uh, city fringe homes as well as the suburban homes, they, they, are, they are a bit lagging behind. But this is a market that can see uh, a big swing when uh, the rebound comes. So it is known for that. And so that's why uh, we do have uh, a, a good following of well-heeled people who invest in um, luxury residential. Uh, these are the longer-term buy because when when the upswing comes, it, it can rebound pretty significantly. Um, so, with the demand that we're seeing, uh, could could the demand for, I mean, what the ultra wealthy want, could it crowd out local? demand for the same kind of property? Well, um, currently, local high-end buyers still have an advantage for obvious reasons that we don't have to pay ABSD. uh, Or or even if we we have to pay ABSD, the amount is lesser than foreigners who have to pay 20% additional buyer stamp duty. So, uh, but if you look at these well-heeled uh, overseas buyers, uh, they already factor in this 20%. And because a lot of them are buying for the longer term, and they are actually plan- making longer term plans as far as Singapore is concerned uh, in their overall scheme of things, they are prepared to pay that 20% ABSD. Okay, so you are seeing people who want to make Singapore their home, the ultra-rich, not just looking at rental or, you know, a temporary place to stay. That's right. So that's why um, the significance of this 20% ABSD. So if we, mm. if we do not have this 20% ABSD, you can, you can probably guess the number of foreign purchasers who, are making, who will be making purchases in Singapore because there's no barriers to entry. Got it. Got it. All right. Speaking of the ultra-rich, let's take a look at what else the ultra-rich are doing. Billionaires Kwek Leng Beng and Wee Cho Yao are among the richest real estate tycoons who are placing big bets in state land auctions. Now, we know this is important. This is the bank that developers pull from uh, when they they want to build, right? A consortium led by Wee's UOL Group submitted the highest bid of some $381 million for a 99-year leasehold site in the northern Singapore town of 
Angmokyo. It edged out the partnership of Quek City Developments and MCL Land, as well as a joint venture between Far East Organization. Uh, I want to ask you what you think these big bets on state land auctions, what could they mean in terms of a knock-on for property prices in the mid-term? Well, um, as far as developers is concerned, land is the basic ingredient in their entire production process, right? So they need land. And uh, of late, if we look at the statistics, the unsold stock amongst most developers, they are already depleting. That means... uh, the, the existing unsold stock could probably last us for at most another one to two years uh, based on the current rate of uh, sales that's going on. So most developers uh, which uh, have this problem of depleting land bank are looking to uh, restock as far as land is concerned. So for developers, they have two sources of land, buying from the state through the land tenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Singapore, our government does not sell land by auctions, but they sell by open tender. So they have a, they put a piece of land up for tender. There's a tender closing date. You submit your bid. So for most developers, the other source will be the collective sale market. But co- comparatively, buying from the state via a government land sales tender is a lot more straightforward. Uh, in the sense that there's a tender closing date, you submit your bid, and by the end of the closing of uh, end of the business day on the close of tender, you already know who who uh, who is the highest bidder, and, uh, and and then after is the admin process, and the land will be awarded to the uh, highest bidder, and then the developer can start his uh, planning and uh, probably can launch the project in maybe six. Uh, at most nine months down the road. But comparatively, a collective sale process, the entire process can take one year or more. And then then that's only from the to, to complete the collective sale process. And if you factor in the, the design period that developers need, they would need a lot. They can only relaunch the project a lot later down the road. So if I can put it simply, buying from the government... Uh, enables the developer to launch the project quite possibly in half the time that is taken if you will go the collective sale route. So that's why um, the uh, it is is no no it is no uh, secret that most developers actually prefer to buy land from the government. Except as you probably uh, noticed during the recent uh, land tender closings, due to the competition, we are seeing like huge number of bidders. The Amokyo plot that you were talking about mm-hmm. saw 15 bidders. Yep. And and the top bidder, the UOL-led group, actually outbid the CDL group by just 6.3%. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very close. So you can quite possibly see the competition that's going on amongst developers to stock up on land. And if and and as long as we have this huge competition that's going on amongst developers, you can quite possibly expect land price to go up. So um so uh, 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 based on the land price for the Amokyo plot, uh, I can I can you can estimate that the new condo will quite possibly be launched around maybe a thousand nine to two hundred two thousand dollars per square foot. <laughs> that that would be probably pushing up the prices in the area. In Amokyo, uh, huh? Yes. Wow. 
Imagine that. All right, let's turn now to a topic that's close to a lot of young families' hearts. I know getting their hands on their keys for their dream home is a dream come true for so many first-time buyers who are now anticipating a longer wait to get those hands wrapped around the keys. Ongoing BTO projects could be further delayed because of tightened COVID-19 border measures that affect the construction sector. HDB has said uh, said last month about 85% of the 89 ongoing BTO projects were behind schedule, although steps are being taken to expedite construction, like looking at carrying less noisy construction activities out on Sundays and public holidays where possible. So the six to nine month delay that people were previously looking at could be extended by another three months or so, depending, of course, on how prolonged the situation is. Everything is so fluid. What are the options for those, Eugene, who have a really urgent need for housing? They want to start their families. Okay, so the BTO um, buyers, basically there's two groups. Number one, those that already bought. So if you already bought and you have already signed the agreement and your project is being delayed, you have no choice. You have to wait. So um, so this would probably disrupt many people's plans because most of them bought them based on a, a certain timeline. They are mm-hmm. planning to start a family. They are planning to get married. So these plans may have to make be uh, some adjustments. So for this group of people, they have no choice. They either have to continue staying with uh, their parents for the time being so that they... Uh, safe on the rent, or if they have no choice, then they will have to be renting a place to stay uh, in the interim period and uh, while waiting for the keys to come. So there are, there are actually two avenues to rent places to stay. One is they can approach the HDB for help, uh, which, HDB, which from what we understand from uh, buyers who have approached HDB is that there is already a long waiting list and they cannot select actually where they want to stay. So so that 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 basically tells them that they have to the more practical way will be to rent from the open market mm-hmm. now those that have not bought they 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 have choice so for example, let me use a real life case example Please. a friend of mine um his son is planning to buy a bto flat by buying planning on buying a flat. So, of course, the first option is trying to buy a BTO flat because he's trying to get married uh, in about three years' time. He's now 28 years old. Mm -hmm. So, uh, recently, he he was given uh, a queue number uh, that uh, for the new BTO launch. And he's 28 this year. And the delivery date for uh, his uh, BTO flat, if he chooses, that that's a, if we choose that one will be in twenty twenty eight. You know, twenty twenty eight minus to now yeah. is seven years. He'll be thirty five by then to take delivery of his brand new HDB flat. Mm-hmm. And don't forget if he after taking delivery he has to stay for five years MOP and by the time he's forty years old before he can even consider renting it out or selling renting it. Renting it out or selling it out or upgrading to private property. So so for for this for people like him, this this uh, this route is not very practical, right? So mm-hmm. for him, he's likely to be looking to buy uh, a resale flat because if we look at the overall situation, while we know that the construction site is working even on weekends to, to make up for lost time, we know that the situation is unlikely to change given the current scheme of things. And the backlog can only get worse. So buying resale flat uh, for him is a more practical solution. So if he 
let's say he buys now, he's 28 years old, right? He gets his flat. Uh, you know, if he stays five year MOP, he's 33 years old. 33 years old, he can upgrade. You know, his family situation may have changed by then. He would have been, if he's, he's better off, he can upgrade to a private condominium or even an EC. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, therefore, the guiding principle, and for those people, for example, in a similar situation like him, if they have a higher budget, they can actually skip the HDB and they go straight into private. And if you look at the private resale market now, actually, we are also seeing a huge volume. Uh, coming in from first-time buyers, mm-hmm. and, um, we're, and we're not short of these uh, buyers who are actually looking at this option. So, for if you buy resale, uh, private resale, there is no five-year MOP. You don't have to stay five years, right? So it's just that three-year holding period to ensure that uh, you don't have to pay for the seller's stamp duty. So. For those that have not committed on a BTO flat, there are, there are other options and uh, you have to look at your overall time frame of how you want to fit. And because most people who start their journey with HDB flat eventually want to upgrade to private. And, and if that is your plan, then uh, you have to look at how you can achieve what you want to do within the time frame. Bear in mind, the older you are, the the shorter your runway. So if you were to buy a private property much later in life, then mm. you your your number of years that you have for your bank loan is going to be lesser, and therefore your mortgage payments per month will increase. Mm. So so the whole idea is to start your real estate journey young, as young as possible. So uh, for the younger buyers who have not committed into a HDB BTO, I, I, would, I would strongly suggest perhaps to consider the resale route, uh, which you can more clearly map out your, your timeline. Okay, great points there. He, he's, his name is Eugene and he is from ERA Realty Network. Eugene Lim, key executive officer at ERA Realty. Before we let you go, what is your sense of the pulse of the commercial property market? I understand activities led by some two 100% in this sector. That's a huge leap for Q1. What's behind the momentum? Well, the commercial investment sales market is uh, very often a barometer for the longer-term prospects in Singapore. So when the investors and funds are willing to pour big money into buying commercial real estate, it basically tells you their outlook for Singapore's future and they are basically quite optimistic uh, in the sense that uh, most are of the opinion that Singapore will quite possibly evolve better post-COVID. And and so they are um, making acquisitions uh, if, uh, by, by playing it forward. And also, um, there is also an availability of ample liquidity, especially amongst uh, um funds and investors for bigger ticket item and there is also a pressure to deploy this money because they have the money to to put it somewhere and they, the most logical place would be put it into a place where it's safe and it's pro-business 
and it's also uh, showing good prospect of economic growth going forward. So it's a stable place to put money in, and uh, and and going forward, it's 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 a good place to be in. So that's why uh, we are seeing this money flowing into uh, Singapore in the commercial property market. All right. Well, thanks for giving us a sense of the pulse of property right here in Singapore, Eugene. Great insights as always. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, you too, Michelle. Thank you very much again. Thank Eugene Lim, Key Executive Officer at ERA Realty. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.